This is episode number 484 of Health Fitness Podcast by Inner Fight, brought to you in association with Smith Street Paleo. Hop over to smithstreetpaleo.com and get involved in all of that good food. A few of you may remember a few weeks ago, we were downing Oman with the Inner Fight Endurance Run Academy athletes that were racing down there in the first UTMB race, 137 kilometers, absolutely brutal course. So I'm super happy to have on the show Rob and Tom who finished that race and actually have Sean booked in for the new year to talk about his experience and his move into ultra running. But here is Tom and Rob talking about UTMB. Epic show. Loved it. Welcome back to another edition of the Inner Fight Podcast. And I'm joined, as I said there in the intro, by only two of the three legends. That's because one of them is too important to join us today. And he's got his own show. Robert Jones, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, we can hear you. That's good. And <laughs> Tom Otten, been on the show before. Yes, mate, a lot welcome back. Thank it was you. a long time back. It was. It was with Lloyd Budd, if you remember. Yeah, in a coffee shop. We did have it in a coffee shop. That's how you get to 500 episodes, is you do a lot of shows, and he was on it before. So welcome, guys. Thanks, mate. Thank how, you. Let's talk about this race, because in the aftermath, this race has been dubbed as one of the most brutal races. But when did you hear of it, and why did you sign up? Let's start there, Tom. Um, look, interesting one. I'd, um, I'd been following UTMB for the last couple of years in terms of what they're doing in Chamonix uh, and seeing those races. I think anybody that starts to progress in trail running uh, starts to look at you know, what, the, uh, what the world's best are doing, what the world's biggest races are. Um, following UTMB for a couple of years and then starting to think that could be an option at some point. Yeah. Get, a bit of, uh, get a bit of experience, get some, uh, get some races under the belt, start to get some points together, and then start to look at you know, how do we qualify for this, uh, this race in summer. So, Mate, give UTMB some context. Okay, UTMB um, Ultra Trail de Mont Blanc is a, uh, a week long event in, uh, in Chamonix, but it's also a specific race. So there are a number of races, I think it's five, correct me if I'm wrong, Rob, um, four or five races over the week. Uh, Rob looks as low as he knows exactly <laughs> how many races there are. I have no idea. I think and it's they, about five. I think it's about five. And they yeah. range from 50K, 70K, 100K, uh, and I think UTMB is about 160-something K. I know um, that's true. Yeah, so ballpark. So for each of those races, you need to qualify by yeah. doing a certain number of other races that are that are that um, um, that provide points. You get enough points. You're, you're able to go into the lottery, uh, and then you can hopefully qualify for, for the race. So yeah. they call it the World Summit of Ultra Running right. uh, rather than the World Champs. Yeah. So it's World Summit because you qualify in the way that you do. Uh, and then, look, this race came up just down the road. A few of us, well, all of us, actually, I think, have traveled around the world to go to some of these um, uh, larger trail races where yeah. we've looked to earn some points. Yeah. And then one appeared down the road. So when that was announced, it was, Game it was, on. A, it was a bit of a no-brainer. Yeah, it was like, look, it's, it's the only one that we've ever been able to drive to rather than yeah. fly to, so let's get it done. Robert, you spent quite a lot of time in Chamonix. Have yes. you been there when UTMB's been on, like for that week? I've been there for the start and the build-up to the race and yeah. the start of the first day, but I've always had to come back to work, so I've never actually seen the race running. Childish. Shame, I know. <laughs> uh, but in Chamonix at the time of the race, it's absolutely mental. Everybody's buzzing. Uh, the whole the whole town is just a wash of trail runners, yeah. people there to watch trail running, all the endurance athletes, the big names in running and sport. Um, so it's just fantastic to see. So why did you sign up for UTMB, oh man? Again, because of the reputation of the Chamonix race, yeah. I thought it's going to be hard. Um, it's going to get me enough points to maybe enter some of the Chamonix version. Right. Um, and it is, again, it's just down the road. So I thought, why, why not? not? Let's go for it. Mate, you said something there. You know it's going to be hard. Yes. How did you... This is pre-race. Pre-race. How did you define <laughs> hard? I would define hard. Well, firstly, the length of the race was <laughs> a staggering 140 kilometers. But longer than you'd ever done before. 40 kilometers longer than before. Right. And then the elevation right. was near on 8,000 meters once we you finished. Thought. We thought, yes. <laughs> so, and mate, let's, for those people that don't really understand what that distance is like or that elevation is like, can you try and explain it? Elevation-wise, it's like climbing Everest from sea level. Right. Uh, Distance-wise. And a bit more context on that to put into people that are here. It's, it's going up and down the Burj Khalifa 12 times. 
That doesn't sound too bad. Whilst go. running to Abu Dhabi. <laughs> uh, that doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, a marathon is 40K or a half marathon, if you like, is 21 kilometers. It's yep. seven half marathons. Right. And or that, three and a half full marathons. So, mate, obviously for you, you you've done different trail races yep. and, and up to 100K. What were you expecting going into something that's 140k with all that elevation lots of walking to be honest yeah. uh to, well no to be honest i thought there'd be a bit more running involved and i thought there'd be a lot more runnable sections but the organizers made it devastatingly hard <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back to that in a second tom for you we'd done a well because we went the wrong way we actually yeah. did a 90k race but made it 95k we, we did um, you've done other single-stage races, yeah. mate, but this was going to be the longest single-stage for you. Yeah. yeah Talk exa- to us about that a little exactly bit. Exactly that. It's, it's the longest single-stage. I mean, you and I have both done the Marathon de Saab together, yeah. uh, which when people look at the highlights, 250 kilometers, it's across the Sahara Desert. It sounds very difficult, and don't get me wrong, it, you know, it's, it's a very tough race. Yeah. Um, however, you're only ever doing X amount, and we did, we did about 90K on one of the days on yeah. day four, yeah. uh, which was pretty tough. Don't get me wrong. We, you know, we were seeing things by the time we went to bed. Yeah. Um, but it was nothing like this. Um, the fact that it was, it's a single-stage race, but it's just how technical it was. Yeah. And we're not technical runners. Yeah. And we've trained on, on mountains here that are not particularly tra- technical. Uh, we've trained for distance, um, but we, we don't have the Alps on our doorstep. We don't yeah. have any really tough uh, terrain that's anything like that. But you knew that it was going to be like that. To, I, I think to an extent. Right. Um, look, we all had the, the course profile. We all knew the basics of it. But uh, even when myself and Rob sat down and said, look, how, look, how long do you think this is going to take us? Yeah. We were 10 hours off. Yeah. You yeah. know, like literally. We were, we, were, we were. So I think we all kind of underestimated it. And that, yeah. that's also, uh, that's also uh, sort of replicated by the, the, the conversations that the race leaders had and the, the yeah. winners. Um, yeah. You know, one of them being the uh, UTMB, uh, not UTMB, um, well, the Ultra Trail World Champion in 2016. Yeah. And he said this was the, the toughest race he's Hardest ever done in his life. Done. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I, so, so those guys also had the same data we did in terms of course profile. Yeah. And they also completely underestimated the, it. Yeah. The pros as well at the end of the race were saying they thought it was harder than UTMB in there, Chamonix. I heard yeah. that all the way yeah. through. There yeah. was at least three guys I was with in different aid stations that said that they'd done UTMB and they said not, not even close to this. Yeah. He's not here, so you can talk about him how you want, not Hurls. <laughs> we'll talk about Hurls after. He's probably going to listen but to this. Both of you, <laughs> both of you, mate, he's still on Blackberry. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. It's true. True story. Um, you've both been coached by Tom Walker. You both knew that it was going to be a lot of up and down. You both knew, like you yeah. said there, Tom, it is quite difficult to train for that stuff here. Mm. Talk us through a little bit of the training. You don't have to be nice to Tom Walker. You can be very <laughs> brutal to him. But talk us through a bit of the training and how you felt the preparation well, went to prepare for that kind of incline and also decline. Okay. Uh, well, for me, my, my training started really on the fr- I looked through my training peaks today. It started on the 1st of September properly with Tom. Right. Um, and I've counted up. I did just over a thousand kilometers in training miles. Wow! Um, I haven't checked elevation and the additional sessions, so the stretching, the recovery sessions. Yeah. Uh, there was a definitely because of the way uh, I work and things. We did some gym sessions to simulate the hills. So there was yeah. lots of sandbag work, lots of box work. There was lots of sled work, just to try and get the same stimulus of running in the mountains. And then at the weekends, we were able to drive off into Shoka and then do some trail running as well. What do you feel, like, how do you feel mentally about that, mate? You know you're going into a race that has a lot of mountains. You don't have the mountains on the doorstep. You're trying to recreate everything. How does that, how did it sit with you? Well, when we sat down and came up with a plan before the race, we had training blocks. So at the end of each training block, we had a simulation weekend where we'd actually go out into the mountains and then run the full distance or half the distance and that yeah. was in as close to race simulation as we could get yeah uh, so for that me mentally was a huge a right. huge win yeah and i think when it got to race day that carried us through to be yeah. honest yeah yeah i think that i mean definitely the second weekend that we spent in the mountains really gave a lot of confidence to to both yeah. of you and, and also to hurls yeah, talk us through that a little bit Tom because I know you were struggling a little bit going through the training as well and obviously a lot of travel talk us through your preparation yeah I mean look uh, again the only reason I got through 
I got through that race was purely well, because of the sorry. The, the only reason I got through the um, yeah, the race. Oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> the graph's making some noise now. Yeah. Um, was was purely because of the training and how it was structured. Otherwise, uh, if I just tried to do that on my own, there's there's no there's no chance that I would have. Uh, I would have still been going after. I mean, it took me a bit longer than, than Rob. I was still going yeah. after forty hours. Yeah. Um, as you well know, a lot of that comes down to what's going on in your head, yeah. uh, rather than your body. But you know, if your body's not at least eighty percent of the way there, if it breaks, it breaks. You're not going any further. Um, the the training camp that we did in Shoka was absolutely that that pushed me beyond the limits that I'd seen before. So doing yeah. doing the hundred k up and down that loop. Um, going into that, it had been a bit tough last time. Um, I got my nutrition completely wrong. I was trying to use some uh, some non-sugared gels, like fat-based, complete train wreck, and that's why um, I felt that I spiraled completely. Felt a thousand times stronger when I went back to sugar-based on the um, uh, the time when we did the hundred k. Yeah, that 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 singular event. And then, to be honest, the follow-up with Wadi B and, and how we were able to perform in, in the Wadi yeah, B right. race afterwards. Yeah, we'll come that, to that in a that, second. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, that, that really allowed me to feel that, like, okay, even if I've got to slow it down, this is a lot further. It's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot tougher in terms of the actual terrain. Yeah. But I've got it in the locker. I, yeah. Like I've I've put myself into a very difficult situation before, and I've got through it. And, and that's what this is all about. Like the next race that we get to, whatever it might be, we've now got that in our locker. Yeah. Um, so you, you got something to fall back on. Like. We talk about the training camps. I know, Rob, you got some comments sort of that that training camp was too much, too close to the event. And then you both went out and ran Wadi B, which, again, was supposed to be a 70-kilometer race yep. a month before, and it ended up being a 75-kilometer race. Yeah. But how did you guys feel, like, physically? Obviously, mentally, Tom, like, you say, like, you just know you can do it, so you feel yeah. a lot better from that. But do you think it was the right thing to do? do you, and you, you can say what you like about our coaching. I actually don't care. Um, <laughs> what, what do you guys think? Because there's two schools of thought. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, everyone's going to have their, their, their different opinions and their thoughts on how people should train. And, but ultimately, at the end of the day, they don't know us. They don't know what we do day to day. They don't know yeah. how we train. They don't know how hard we can train and push ourselves. Yeah. Every, everyone's individual. Yeah. Um, so for me, having after every one of those big training blocks or big races, we had a lot of recovery and a yeah. lot less mm. training miles the week after. Yeah. So I mean, put that into context, I think when it got to race day, we were as well prepared as we could have been. Yeah. Tom? Yeah, I mean, look for me, the the hundred k was an absolute necessity. Yeah, um, exactly. Definitely. Yeah, like I felt, I felt great afterwards mentally. Look, I I also think back to remember the it was about ten days before you and I went to uh, MDS. Yes, twenty fifteen. Yeah, yeah. I ended up doing that long run in yeah. the heat and all the rest yep. of it. And you said, look, that was a stupid thing to do. Yeah. At the time, like we were way too close, and I ended up running. I think it was f- somewhere between forty five and fifty k. Yeah, and it was a long one. Yeah, ran out of water and all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, but. I needed to do that myself. I needed to put myself into a really nasty situation mentally. Yeah. I came through that. Yeah. And I don't know physically, and I'm, you're obviously right, yeah. um, that wasn't the right thing to do, but mentally yeah. it 100% was. Yeah. And I, I went into that race feeling a lot more confident because I knew that I'd just done what I did. Yeah. So with 100K training, even if physiologically that might not have been the, the best, for me it worked, for you it worked, so I'd do, I, I'd do it again. Yeah. The mistake for me was what he'd be. Right. Tom was very clear to me. He said, "Look, if anything starts to pull, like we have very different day to day. Yeah. So I'm often yeah. I'm, I'm agency. It's often 15 hour days. I'm often sat at a desk for a long period of time. Are you saying that Rob's job as a maths teacher for the future generations is not important? No. <laughs> You're saying it's easier. We I'm could saying, do a whole show I'm saying that I'd this. rather be on my feet than sat down um, right. for long period for long periods of time. Do you time. teach sitting down, Rob? No. Oh, okay. Always up. Always up. <laughs> so my point my point being is, is the the race for me for what he be. Tom said to me very specifically, he's like, if anything's pulling, yeah. he's like, just stop, because it's, it's two loops. Yeah. And what happened? 20K in, everything's pulling. Yeah. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to do it. Yeah. So yeah. it's completely my own fault. It was, yeah. call it ego, call it whatever, call yeah. it. I was enjoying the run apart from what was happening. We were doing well. Um, so I just looked at it and was like, look, we were in like third place or something at the time, I think, when we came in, or fourth, when we came yeah. in halfway. And I was like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to put put the throttle down, go. try and keep up with Rob. And you know, let's probably the worst thing you could have done. <laughs> <laughs> and, and well, so Rob was chasing a girl at the yeah. same time. We might <laughs> yeah. come to that. We might not. But um, so so for me, that's where like I, I you know I, I did um, I did injure myself a bit, and I and I really didn't run then much 
for the next three weeks leading up to the race, which which I definitely felt. Yeah. Um, and then I had a, f- a, a few issues, but I mean that's that's by the by. That was a, it, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but doing the 100k and then let's say doing the one lap of the Wadi B would have been would've. perfect for me. What is that balance though, guys? Like we've spoken about mentally boosting. We've spoken about now physically. I can do anything. Yeah. You know, physically you felt really good after the hundred k. Yeah. You know, good. mentally you felt really good yeah. after it, mate. Yeah. What's the balance between physical and mental going into something like a hundred and forty k non-stop race? I'd say, oh, it's a tough one. It, like, yeah. How do you so there's so much. That's, the mental side of it is so big because you yeah. could potentially be it's all running. It's for, all of it. You I, could be there running really? for twenty-four yeah. hours. You could be running for forty-four hours. It, you know, there's a twenty-hour gap between the first and last place. Yeah. In that race, um, I mean, physically, you get to a certain point. Your body, your body's going to be broken down. Everything's going to hurt anyway. It's whether or yeah. not you want to stop. And if yeah. you stop, do you keep going? Right. So the weak mentally will stop and not continue. And stop, yeah. And the strong <laughs> and will finish. Interesting, that, Tom. That's it. I, look, I think when you start to get to those sort of distances, if you're looking to, you're looking to compete or you're looking to complete. Yeah. And if you're looking to complete, which most of us are, I mean, we're not, you know, we're not international standard trail runners. Yes. Um, we're looking to do as well as we can, but we're just looking to to finish. Yeah. Um, if that's your if that's your plan, then it's all mental. Right. Uh, you, your body might feel you might, as you said, then you're gonna feel horrendous. Uh, no matter you, what. No matter what, yeah. you're gonna feel horrendous. Right. So you could do another six months of training, but after twenty hours or thirty hours, you're feeling you're Hold feeling that absolute thought. shit. Listen to that again, guys. You're gonna feel horrendous. It doesn't matter for you. I mean, the, the feedback from the the. The guys that won the race, yeah. the two guys that came first, is exactly the same, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, so yeah. it's not that you're the best, you're the Ultra Trail World Championship, yeah. or or you're Tom and Rob. Yeah, it's going to be in parts horrendous. Exactly, exactly, because those guys are pushing themselves to their limit. You're pushing yourselves to your limit. They'll be further ahead than you are, but you all feel as bad as each other. Yeah. And so then, the, then the differential comes down to the mental game, right? And you can see when you, you know you blazing sunshine, you're into the second day and you're burnt and you go going past one guy and you look at him and you, you can see on his face if he's going to finish or not. It doesn't yeah. matter if he's done an extra six months of training or not. Yeah. You look at him and you can tell if he's going to finish or not. And, and I think what you're saying, mate, is there's probably a lot of people that, and we'll talk about the dropout rate and stuff, but a yeah. lot of people that dropped out the race that could have been potentially fitter and by a certain sure. number of standards better mountain goats than you guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but because you and are Rob's a pretty good mountain goat. <laughs> I do okay. <laughs> you are mentally quite strong, you made it through. Yeah. Which I think is cool. Now these races are sick in in, in, in every single <laughs> yeah. sense of the That's term. So Positive and negative <laughs> connotations like, yeah. to that word. <laughs> it's just you know, um, okay, end of the week, Thursday night, everyone's worked a full week. Yeah. Rob's job's quite easy, so he would have been fine, but you've <laughs> been it. flat out yeah, changing the world days. <laughs> half days. And I'm talking about sitting down for long periods of time. His job is not easy. Half my family Seven teaches Rob. 30. Don't be offended. <laughs> Thursday evening, which is the end of the working week here, it's like yeah. a Friday in, in most of the world. At 7.30 p.m., these yeah. race starts. You've yeah, got cognitive nasty. fatigue. You've got physical fatigue. You've got every fatigue. How do you prepare yourself for a 7.30 p.m. start? Well, look, I think Rob takes the cake with what he did, so <laughs> I'm, I'm going to let him take this question. We can actually write I, a whole book I don't think this. any ultra runner turned up and did what Rob did. Like, I'm what? There's nothing wrong with what I did. No, so not tell us how I'm you saying it's incredible. Oh, okay, you, got, so you got out of a car and ran an ultra where everyone else is yeah. like massaging themselves yeah. for two days. We pushed it a little bit for time. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, I got you there an hour early. An hour what early. Are you talking about? Well, I couldn't find, the, I couldn't find the check-in desk. Oh. I had to repack my bag. But um, no, for me, the, the prep all came down for me because it, the race started at night time. You're gonna you're gonna have worked all day. You're gonna be tired. So I just tried to eat as much as humanly possible throughout the day and try not to do as much stand-up teaching. Right. <laughs> no, I, I did. It just I ate as much as I could um, yeah. and tried to get a good night's sleep before because I knew that it was going to be 50, yeah. 55 hours for being sleep again. Was that bothered you, though, guys? Was not that really. the whole thing that I just spoke about, end of the week, 7.30 p.m., end of the working day, does that come into play or not? I think it physically, I think... Probably somewhere it comes into play, but to be honest, mentally, there's so much adrenaline. Yeah, you're so pumped. You're yeah. like you've been yeah, thinking about excited. this for months. You're super excited about yeah. Getting, yeah. getting started that you kind of breeze over it. Now, does it have a cumulative effect? 
30 hours in you could say it, it potentially <laughs> physically does. or mentally yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it comes back to the same um, debate the same it? thing so yeah. it's I mean look prep is, is, is super important I'm super impressed as I said with what Rob did uh, of having to work around the job of getting in a car getting out of a car and starting running yeah. like, I went down a day early I, had, like, I made sure I had a decent sleep I rested all day uh, as, as what a lot of the guys were doing and but look, it just comes down to that's not the be all and end all at the yeah. end of the day. Like I yeah. had, a, I had a tough race. Rob smashed it. Yeah. Um, so it means you can get out of a car and go running. It's just, yeah, you you know, it's just, it's what's going on in your head. Let's talk about the race then, guys. Three hundred eighty to four hundred. They're throwing around different figures, but I yeah. think it finished about around there, the yeah. three eighty mark, just under yeah. four hundred people yeah. on the start line. An incredible job by UTMB. We've got to take our hats oh, off to mate, them. Like best, was, best event. We drove into it and best like, literally went, "Oh my god!" I just thought it was going to be a handful of people. One, yeah. three, two, one. Inshallah, have a nice day. But <laughs> See you what's, in 50 hours. what's yeah. the feeling? They put you in the pen fifteen minutes yeah. before the start. What does it feel like? I think we were just super pumped, eh? Like we, were, I mean, we'd just seen Rob, so myself and Sean had spent a day down there. <laughs> so we were catching up, and we were just, you know, we were talking about some race tactics. You know, just like what was the race tactics, mate? Well, to be honest, not, not to go out the gate too hard. I mean, right. we, we we knew that there was a lot of people. We've done enough of these things that you know, people go flying out of the gate, and it's just like, look, the. Yes, we are racing in a way. We want to do as best as we can, but that's 20 hours down the line. Right. It's a long, long way away. So it's just about, look, let's just just get things going, keep it calm, keep the heart rate down. We've got a long way to go, and then just, just chill out. It didn't like, quite work out like that, though, did it? No, it didn't. No. <laughs> How did it work out, then? So, as with all races, I'm sure you know, the gun goes off. Everyone gets a little bit excited yeah. and wants to keep up with the race leaders. Yeah. So I think the first 15K or so was run at an average of... Yeah, we're way too fast. 5.45 five per kilometre? Yeah. I mean, it was a little bit day. sneaky, though, wasn't it, at the same time, because it, it was flat. Yeah. So it sort of lured you in. Ish. Flat-ish. Yeah. There was a slight incline. Maybe it, it was, was, it it was going like up. It was going up, <laughs> but compared to what you went up, it wasn't yeah, like that, you could run true. it, and you could run it at 5.40. Yeah. yeah. So then what happened? 15K in? Oh, 15K in. The first checkpoint comes. I think there was 50 or... 40 or 50 people dropped out straight away. Really? I think so, yeah. It was just within that first one hour. Was it the first? Was it, I thought it was the third checkpoint that, that they had the third those numbers. I think it was the third. Getting my facts right. I remember yeah. getting... Well, we got to the... Because it was after the... It was that dirt road, and that killed them. When You're they went right. up the dirt road, they got to the top, and yes. I started to see people spaced out. As we really? That dirt road. Yeah. That like, early. So first we're like big less than 20k into the race. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Just kept wrecked. It was wild because we... we tried to come up the, the the track that you ran up and I was like this track's going to end this track's going to end because it started off like Shakeside Road nice yeah. and wide yeah. and it just got worse and worse thinner and worse and, and I'm like we're going all the way back and then we get to a point and I had a radio <laughs> in the car with uh, Carlin and Jack and they're like I think we should go back and I'm like yeah I think we should and <laughs> anyway we spun around and we got to a checkpoint at 35k yeah. I think there was checkpoint 3 was it? 3 or 4 3 or 4 that was it and oh. uh the, one of the girls who's been on the show, Mountain Gypsy, who's a girl that has incredible dreams and is, is bringing them to life, actually. If you haven't seen her show, I'll put it in the show notes, uh, what number it was. She's conquering all the summits of the world. Absolutely awesome character. Wow. And she came up to me, and she was manning the checkpoint. And I said, how's it going? She said, 70 people have dropped out already. Oh, and I'm looking at my watch. We've basically we've got there about 11 o'clock. So <laughs> we literally got there like three hours into the race. And 70 people have dropped out. And I'm like, oh, my God. But you guys are saying, like, 40 have dropped out by 20K. So yeah. it's, hard. It's, it's just... I mean, look, they, they would know more than us. We were, we were yeah. picking up bits of information here and there. And, and Unbelievable. The odd checkpoint um, bit of info here and there. But, but there, was, there was a bunch of people that, that I think got into it with no idea. I mean, remember the guy that you mentioned with the... He had, like, a, a sack over his there, back, didn't There he? was a guy... Yes, there was Literally a guy that was... Sack. He, he looked Nepalese, and he yes. was running with... It was a cloth that was wrapped up and tied around yeah, his shoulders. Yeah, like a bed sheet almost. It, yeah, yeah we saw bizarre. him. Bizarre. Yeah. yeah. And we saw people with um, with uh, just mono-strap bags. Mono-strap bags, yeah. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah, there's a few people I just think I had no idea what they were signing up for. Interesting. Yeah, um, yeah it was So you get to, I saw you guys the first time at 35K. Yes. Yeah. When, how long did you stay together for? Uh, as soon as we went up. I mean, yeah. to give a little bit of context yeah. so the issue I had was with my calf I, um, I had a, um, a a small tear in the calf at the top of the soleus gastroc um, kind of junction there 
So as soon as you went up, I couldn't use I couldn't use the toes of my of my left foot. Right. So I couldn't push off as if I was like either sprinting. So when I was running, I was keeping my foot very flat. Right. And then as soon as you went up, I had to place my full foot. So it was taking me a lot longer to take every step. Right. Because I had to get my heel onto wherever the step next step was. Now imagine, so then you're on your own. Then I'm on my own, and that's it for the race. Thoughts. Look, I didn't have any issue with that. Right. Like uh, at the end of the day, like for me. In terms of thoughts, I had, I had absolutely no issue with, with the boys doing what they needed to do because right. it was a long race. Um, but for me, I was spinning at 100 miles an hour in my head because I'm thinking, I can't run. I can't go uphill very well. Yeah. And I've got 140K in front of me. With a lot of uphill. How am I going to deal with this? <laughs> right. So, that's, so I was silent. I remember when like, I was jogging next to you guys in the beginning. That's right, yeah. Not saying a word because right. I knew what was happening on my leg. It was just tearing 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 and i was thinking i might not even make 15k right like well i don't know what i'm going to do with this so yeah. i just had to just double down and get inside myself and just deal with my own shit and yeah so therefore like to be honest there's no point in me being with the guys anyway because i'm not going to didn't, didn't bring much to the party no i'm not i'm not, I'm not talking yeah i'm not going to complain to them no like, i've got nothing to add so it's like i'd rather just i don't want to like slow anyone down so yeah. like, like, i'm going to do what i'm going to do you're yeah. going to do what you're going to do yeah and let's hopefully we all get through it yeah, and that was but that was the that was the way that I took. So Rob, you and Hurls are now a two ball, and a the field ball, yes. from what I saw from the the, the the way that people came into that checkpoint at thirty five k was incredibly spread out. Yeah, you yeah. were basically the only two ball I saw really. The the field once we hit the first hill, the field just yeah. changed drastically. Everyone was a big bunch. You hit the first hill. And you get a single trail before, right? Then that, that just put everybody in. And we were climbing over boulders under we'd trees. Through, yeah, yeah we come through technical. a massive wadi, um, through some small rivers, up some big steep climbs. Um, so everyone just naturally gets spread out. Yeah. Um, but I think me and Harold have got ourselves with a, a nice little group of about four or five guys. Okay. Um, a couple, a French couple, um, uh, I think a South African, and a few other guys. Right. And so we just kind of play cat and mouse with each other for. 10, 12k, something like that, yeah. and then a few people died off, and we were on our own again. Just you two. Yep. Did you at lovely. any point sort of have a conversation and say, "Right, we're two together, it's all good," or, or is it just, or was it too early, mate? That that didn't happen. So at some stages, he'd pull ahead for maybe five hundred meters, and then right. we'd swap, and I'd pull ahead for five hundred meters, yeah. and at every checkpoint, we'd meet up again and either one of us would keep moving yeah we were going at a very similar pace because it was still quite early in the race yeah um, and then sort of as it got deeper and deeper into the race we sort of became a bit more sensible and thought actually right lots of people are dropping out here it is harder than we thought we'd be best off sticking together what at what point was that mate I think that was I want to say about 60k or right. so 50 right. or 60 right so not at the start, but still a lot. I can lot. tell you when it was. Where were you camping? We were camping just near Alila. So where so, were... Well, that, that was, was 80K. That was at about the 80K mark, but so it was yeah, where we up. were camping. When the sun was rising on that yeah. second day, that's yeah. when we sort of stuck together from Did there. Did you like that bit at the top where you just seen us, where they just sent you to do like a pathetic little U-turn? It's beautiful. It was incredible, wasn't it? Do you remember uh, that part of the course? Uh, before up to Alila? No, way before Alila. It's like the okay. top of the Grand Canyon and you do like... Yeah, uh, and there was an army truck. Ah, and okay. literally the track came down. We were stood there for about half an hour and it was hilarious because we, we only saw about 15 runners come through. But it went parallel, the track went parallel to the road and then you literally did a U-turn and came back on yourself <laughs> and then went down, down into this sort of <laughs> yeah. valley. And it was just like one of the most could have been one of the most soul-destroying things if it was a bit longer because yeah. it was just a straight U-turn to get a little bit more distance. Yeah. It was, there was um, a few things like that along the, along yeah, the track. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, mate. Was there a, a lot random. of things that seemed like, why didn't we just go straight? They were, they were definitely trying to get the numbers in terms of distance and also elevation. Right. So there was a few things where we could have gone from there to there, but yet we went down that way, down to the bottom, all the way back up the other side and back across. And you're really? just thinking, you could, I mean, the, the main one was obviously Alila, right? Yeah. So we could, I mean, that was we could just... see Alila four or five hours before we actually got to it. Yeah. Definitely. And we were at the same level. We were 500 meters, 900 meters away as the crow flies yeah. across the valley. 
and then to go How all the way down. How good if you had a drone? Like you could have yeah. just <laughs> we'll you come did have to a drone. The, drone. <laughs> the infamous drone. You still don't have a drone. Well, I smuggled <laughs> it into Oman. You've got a box. You've got a box. How to do this drone? This is a long-standing story, folks, about the drone. We might tell it another time. That's, I mean, that really happened, like you say, Tom, quite a lot. Yeah. You're literally 500 meters as the crow flies. Yeah. And from that point where you were 500 meters, I think it was almost three hours to yeah. come round. Because I remember when we see, saw you guys, Rob, and we said, Alila's only a few K we'll away. See you in half an hour for lunch, something like that. Yeah, I think, and, right. then I, and then I backed it up with, I'm not quite sure the route. Because yeah. Hills is like, no, it's a bit further on here. And I was like, yeah, you go, you go on that. It was 4K and it took us three hours. There took, we go. It took me three hours. Incredible. That last section. What happens, guys, when you set out at 540 and it's all good? Yeah. Now you do that three or 4K in three or four hours. Yeah. How, how, how do you do that? For, for me, it's uh, by that point, you've kind of, how I, how I was dealing with it, I I just gave myself to the race. I was right. like, whatever comes, I'm just going to do that. It got worse. It got you much went slower. worse. Yeah, it got much worse. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did go slower. I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny, was, but it's no, like, it was... I, checked, I checked Tom at one stage, and when you were going up the final climb, yeah. you were doing 750 meters per yeah. hour. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Folks, yeah. just listen to that. That was seven hundred and fifty meters per and hour. I didn't stop on the way up. It's incredible. Yeah, and but that's that, about that, three that hours. That last hill in context was one point two vertical kilometer. Yeah, in maybe three kilometers yeah. of forward the, movement. The forward movement. It was, it was savage. It was in the pitch we, black. We were climbing. I would, yeah, it was on sheer vertical cliffs. That that was the one thing that I would say is it was actually, I would say that was dangerous. Really? There was areas of that where we're shimmying around a rock and you've got a meter that you're walking on and it's up to a kilometer drop behind you. Really? You're not hooked into anything. You're, you've been awake for 30 plus hours. Yeah. That, that was the hardest bit about that. Yeah. You, Did you, anyone die in this race? Not, not that I'm aware of. No, but I like, didn't hear any. I mean, it's not, I, I'm no, not trying to be funny. It's, no. I think yeah, Mountain, Rescue came, Mountain Rescue came past me saying that they, they heard there was, some, there was some issues. They were yeah. asking me if I knew about it. I was like, no, mate, I don't know. Um, and he carried on down. I didn't hear Incredible. anything. I didn't hear anything after the race. I think we would have by now. Yeah, I, um, I would imagine. But to be honest, I was the way that, that the number of runners that were coming through that that had been then awake for thirty plus hours. Yeah. They were in a hell of a state. You know, eyes bloodshot, like really wrecked at that point. We were one hundred and twenty kilometers into a race. Did you do it in the daylight? Pitch black. Pitch black. Pitch yeah. And you also did it. Pitch we black. did it pitch black yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. Incredible. So I got to the top at sunrise, so the, the sun just started to break as, as I crested, and then I waited up there for like 15 minutes to watch it come up. Um, Incredible. The other thing to consider, well, that bit, when we got to the top, we'd been running in the day maybe 23, 24 degrees, and by the time yeah. we got to the top, oh, um, I think it was 2 degrees C before wind, yeah. and yeah. it was windy. Yeah, it was yeah. very windy in parts. Very windy. So, the, yeah. I mean, the temperature difference between hot and cold was maybe 35 degrees from day and to that, night. And that messes with your body and your mind, obviously, right? Especially so. if you're only going at, like, less than a K. Like, you're not yeah. running. Right. Yeah. You're no, not creating we, we any even, We weren't even hiking at that point. That was Up that hill, we, we were climbing. Yeah, climbing. You know, we're literally using both hands, yeah. both feet, yeah. gripping onto the side of rocks. Yeah. It's windy. It's pitch black. And you know that there's a kilometer drop behind you. And you, like... You shitting it? Yeah, like, literally. There's <laughs> a certain point where I'm like, if I slip here, there's no, there's nothing behind me. Incredible. That's that's definitely where having someone with you yeah. made a hell of a difference. Yeah. So we could say to each other that this this bit is is tough. Go slow. Or catch each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just kind of yeah. look out for each other. But I suppose on your own, that's that's very tough. Yeah, mentally a, as well. Yeah, look, I mean, it, it, it was the toughest thing I've ever done in my life, hands yeah. down. Yeah, and, and the the um, I've never done an ultra on my own. Yeah, because I've always right. either, it's either been with yourself, yeah. it's either been with yourself, running with, running with yeah. you're always with someone. So, so for me, it was very different through the nights, especially when I'm spending. Apart from an aid station, I'm spending seven, eight, nine hours pitch black, just on my own, to the point where it got so stretched out that I would be looking around the hills around me, and I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't see, see a head torch. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, I am miles away from wow. anybody here. Yeah, um, and so that was a bit, that was a bit trippy. What is that like? Let's jump into that a little bit because first night you're all good you're fired up yeah it probably gets to about 3 a.m and you're like okay i'm getting a bit tired but it's sunrise soon yeah then it's the full day 
And now we're into second night. night two. Yeah. And by this time, you can pretty much calculate. You, you know exactly. You've got your garment on. You know how much of the race is left. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you were sending me messages, Rob. We should be at the finish by about five. So you, you've known way back that you're doing another night. Yeah. Talk us yeah. through the second night because that's when it gets really quite enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. So the fun happens. Yeah. Well, we, we hit the second night later. Well, not as far into the race as we thought we would. We thought we'd be a bit further on, to be honest. We thought we'd be up to the top of the last kilometer hill um, right. before night hit so we could get some good Instagram photos, but it never really panned out that way. But the, the second night, that's when your body, well, my body anyway, started to shut down a bit. And what does that feel like, mate? When you say shut down, explain that to people. I, I became very, my feet and legs started to swell. I was became bloated. I was retaining water, uh, starting to see things that weren't quite there. And things were... Like what? I saw in my head what looked like to be a huge forest that we were going to run through, but it turned out to be non-existent and just some mountains. But the forest was swaying in the wind. Yeah. And then the rocks at the side of the trail were all cats and frogs. Yeah. Somebody since told me they actually were frogs on the trail. There was a saw one. <laughs> just yeah. one. Yeah, just one. But I'm talking hundreds of frogs. Yeah. Everywhere you look, left and right, was frogs. And you know in your mind it's not real, but your mind is convincing you it is real. Yeah. How do you it's deal with that? Very bizarre. What did you do? Just enjoyed it, really. <laughs> your, your body's doing everything that it can yeah. to make you stop. Yeah. Your body's in pure survival mode at that point. It's like, I need to do something now, and, and I need to tell this guy to just stop what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. And it just does, it just does some crazy stuff. I was saying, rocks, rock, I saw rocks as um, um, like a, a locally dressed woman in an abaya, yeah. but a white abaya. I saw a small Emirati boy pointing um, uh, a, a flash to a handheld torch at me, and the end of that torch was the actual reflector on, that was stuck to the rock. Right, stuck on but the, the rock. rock my perception of it I mean I stopped dead a few times because I thought I heard people shouting Didn't there was nothing yeah. I, I, I jumped off the trail at one point because I thought there was something stood next to me all sorts of crazy stuff is it frightening pitch black you're on your own Tom you're with Hurls I mean I specifically told you guys at the checkpoint yeah. I was like once you get you're going to hallucinate tonight yeah. yeah. And it was almost like I want to give you some bad news but I'm going to give you a solution like I told you like vocalise it to each other it's happening that, that was it we, we, kind of, we kind of made a joke of it we enjoyed it almost because we were yeah. able to talk about it and sort of mine were more animal based Sean had uh, yeah. some interesting ones so he had the the floor you stopped for a pee as you do on the trail yeah. and the floor beneath him melted away so he ended up jumping back wow. from, from nothing really uh, just wow. jumping back from the floor and then he also uh, and you're just stood there laughing pretty much yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's anything you can do yeah um, and he also saw a fake checkpoint as well which was interesting oh really Turn around nice. the corner going, this, where's the checkpoint gone? Yeah, it's not, it's not here. That's because it, it wasn't there to start with. It's not supposed to be there. Exactly. It's another, like, two hours away. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Wow. So we just we just chatted about it, and it was just made it fun. Tom, um, obviously a little yeah. bit of a different experience yeah, it was, for you, it, Look, it was a little bit different. I, th- I think most of it, as you said, you kind of, you're with it enough to know what's going on. Yes. Like, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm hallucinating, like... You're still with it to know, okay, my body's trying to tell me to stop. It's trying to do all these sort of things. It's cool. Like, yeah. it's, I'm, I'm okay with it. Like, let's, just do, let's just enjoy the ride. Yeah. The, there was a couple of times where I actually thought that there was people there or there was something there. So like, I got, there was a couple of times where I got a little bit freaked out. I'm like, yeah. you know, I'm halfway down a valley in a forest somewhere in the middle of fucking nowhere. No, there's no yeah. one around me. Yeah. No one can hear me. So there's a couple of times where you're like, oh, this is a bit, this is a bit freaky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but those were just the, those were a couple of instances. The rest of them were just... Yeah, this is nuts what I'm watching in front of me. Like, I, I can, I'm convinced I can see a cat or yeah. whatever it might be, but I know it's not, and then it wanders off and it's not there, and you're like, wow, that was pretty trippy. In that cool time, <laughs> is it like, are you just saying to yourself, like, what the freaking hell am I doing here? Yeah, for me, for me, like, uh, in terms of... You, you must be. Yeah. I, I mean, look... You, you know what? You know why you're doing it, and like yeah. we've discussed yeah. our whys and all the rest yeah, of it. Yeah. Like we know why we're doing it, but sometimes for me, I like I laughed at myself, and I was like, "It's pretty ridiculous." This situation. is stupid. Yeah, this it's is like stupidity. <laughs> like, it's, it's the like, weekend. You could be hanging out with your girlfriend. Yeah. I was hanging out with your girlfriend. It's all good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the, yeah, On the what second answer night, do you give yourself? You just like 
just like I'm here now, like uh, you're enjoying it and yeah. finding it difficult at the same time. It's kind of hard to explain that emotion. Like you, you're enjoying the fact that you're there. It's very weird what's happening in terms of the the, the hallucinations and that. Yeah. And so you, you, you're kind of like this is this is completely nuts, but I'm still really glad that I'm doing it. Right. But but you're also it's everything becomes simple because the the only goal when you get to that point is not stopping, is finishing. Right. Yeah. So the only goal, so everything else is just completely irrelevant right the only thing you've got to focus on is just keep your body moving when everything is screaming at you to stop to stop yeah and that's it that's the game you spoke about enjoyment there hmm. and we've we've probably dwelled on a lot of suffering and, and people are like yeah um, UTMB thanks but that's not a website I'll be going over to <laughs> <laughs> like it's an it's an incredible experience yeah let's talk a little bit about the enjoyable parts because I think for every crazy situation and for every bit of pain there is an equal amount of enjoyment in these races yeah Definitely. or maybe maybe not you're looking at me blank come on help me out we're no, trying to sell no. trying to run into did, did, did you enjoy guys? it mate <laughs> as, as much as the hallucinations and, and the bloating and the swelling and the sore feet are, are seen as negative it's all part and parcel of the race. That's yeah. ultimately, when you sign up for a race like this, you know it's going to happen. Yeah. So that is part of it. And you do enjoy it. You may not enjoy it at the time. Yeah. But once you reflect on it and you finish the race, everything is, you know, yeah. that becomes part and parcel of you, it. You look back with rose-tinted glasses, yeah, don't definitely. you? Definitely. When, you, when yeah. you're in it, you're like, this is shit. You sign up <laughs> and then for you look back one. and you're like, oh, it's actually really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, seeing that sunrise in the morning, seeing the sunset, seeing every corner and every step you take is a brand new view it's just that was running incredible. in a new place it's yeah. phenomenal yeah every to be fair not just this race every trail race i've done has had spectacular views it just unrivaled anywhere else that i've ever been yeah i mean when you're at the top i mean i was very fortunate that my timings ended up with the the sun coming up just as i hit the top of the, that big uh, that big climb and the view across all of the mountain tops, across this mountain range, with the mist that was sitting in each of the valleys and just like the crests and just the, the colors. I literally stood there and I was like, this is one of the most incredible views I've ever seen in my life. Really? Yeah. And just I, incredible. And I felt that I was, I kind of felt like I was in a small club of people that had kind of ever seen it, which yeah. I know is ridiculous, yeah. but I just kind of felt that there's... There's not that many people that will put themselves in that situation to have just done what we did, climbed to the top of that mountain, watched an incredible sunrise, and that's why we do it. That's why yeah. I, I look at it and just think, outside of all of the intrinsic motivation, you look at that and you just think, wow, this is this exactly is why I'm here. Yeah. I think it's like conversations we had in the middle of Sahara. There's these, the big salt flats, and we're just yeah. looking at each other going, wow, this is yeah. actually just incredible. Yeah. Like, Very it's literally so. just amazing. You feel in that race, you feel like you've, you're in a place where not many people will ever will visit. Ever be. Like, like humans yeah. type of thing. But, but you have fair, to go... Sorry, mate. You, you have to go through what we've just spoken about yeah. to get there. Definitely. For sure. But to be fair, we're probably... They purpose-built this trail for the race. So we are probably yeah. Yeah. the only humans to have ever been on some of those parts of the trail. And to, yeah, I wouldn't. to be around some of those areas. Incredible. Yeah, certainly outside of like Bedouin tribes, for sure. Definitely. Yeah, like, Not many people have gone to the areas. As you said, I think 80 kilometers of the race yeah, was, brand purpose, new. was brand new purpose-built. Let's go through again some of the stats. The total race mm. distance was... 140 at finish. 140 kilometers. Yeah. Elevation, you spoke about 8,000. What was it? And, uh, you know, My, mine was 7.9. 7.9? Seven, nine. Nine Incredible was, on think, that. Yeah, 8,000. 8,000, so that was it. Number of people that started the race, we said 380-ish. Yes. What was the dropout rate? 57%. See, I think that's actually been revised up. Has it? So my math's pretty now bad. Now they've found a few more people. <laughs> Because they said there was, a, I think there was 146 people that finished. Right. So that's wow. more than. So yeah, that's more. 50, that's over 60 percent. Yeah. yeah. Wow. 60 percent so yeah, drop out. 57 is what I've heard, but yeah. then when I when I was told the actual numbers of finishers, then that's it's over Let's 60. Let's continue so to like woo people with some of the stats. Highest <laughs> temperature you said. I think it was about 25, 26. And lowest. Before wind chill, two degrees. Yeah. Uh, that's incredible. Yeah, that's absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. Like that, that temperature swing. I don't think you get in any race in the world. No, and, it was and the w- it was it was very windy. So much yeah. so yeah. that the uh, 
Omani army moved their checkpoint from the top of the mountain two kilometers down into the mountain because they said it was too it was cold too and they windy weren't ready. Too cold. Yeah. yeah, actually, we found a couple of Omani guys and they were telling me it was quite cold. Maybe it was the same guys. <laughs> and the, the winners of this race finished in how many hours? 22. 22. Correct. Yeah. They were predicted 18. That's what they were hoping for. So it took them four hours longer than... Four hours longer. Rob, Just you incredible. and Hurls finished in how many hours? 36 hours and one minute. Just over. Should Just have run over. faster. I know, I know. <laughs> so you're out there for 36. I mean, that, that's incredible. Tom, a little bit longer, mate. What did you 42. end up? 42. 42 yeah. hours. 42 Folks, hours, just mate. think about that. Tom had woken up at about 5 or 6 a.m. on the Thursday morning. Yeah. So add 12 hours on there you're now awake for basically 55 yeah. 56 yeah. hours well over 50 hours yeah it's just absolutely yeah. absolutely right. incredible <laughs> any stats rob you talked a little bit about the calories you ate before any idea how many calories you inhaled during the race <laughs> i didn't actually keep track i really wish i had but no idea absolutely yeah. no yeah. idea was there a game plan, a certain number of calories per hour? or I was trying to aim for a sore roughly between 250 and 300, a mixture of uh, liquids yeah. and foods. And then at the aid station, I'd just cram in anything else that I fancied at the time. Yeah. Biggest, single biggest learning? Was there one or is it everything that you've done? I mean, you guys are, are seasoned ultra runners, so it's quite difficult, but it was anything for, reinforced? For, for me, very much so. Um, it's not linear. I like it. Meaning that Meaning. whatever you're going through, yeah. you can feel horrific at 20K yeah. and feel on top of the world at 60. So it's not going to get progressively worse. It doesn't get progressively, get progressively worse. better either. Because no, no matter what race you've ever done, you always feel good at the finish line. Yeah. So therefore it's mental. Yeah. So it's just, it's about keeping going. It's about keeping going. And one of the other things as well, which I just want to, I want to touch on before we finish as well, that I had this conversation this morning actually. Your body will do absolutely everything that it thinks it needs to do to try and make you stop after you get to a certain period of time. Right. Definitely. I, I, it, it was also highlighted by what you were saying earlier about your body was trying to tell you to stop. Yeah. You had that pain after yeah. five ra- runs yeah, and two yeah, days yeah, later yeah, it's yeah. gone. Yeah. Your body's trying to tell you to stop doing what you're doing. Yeah. For me, what happened was um, obviously I had this issue with my calf. It went up into the back of my knee. Um, at one point coming down, and this is why I was so slow coming down the boulder field towards the finish. So I'm only about... Uh, 12k out at this yeah. point yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. something went in the side of my knee to the point where I literally thought I was snapping bones like it was my entire body was consumed with pain that for about um, for about 45 minutes I could only step one foot and then I'd bring my other leg over step one foot bring my other leg over that got to the point where I was like I'm actually not sure if I'm going to get through this last 12k before cut off incredible I was like I just can't move and then I, you know, I sat down for a bit. I was like, right, I need to sort this out. Keep moving, just keep moving, keep moving. 20 minutes later, it's gone. Incredible. And when I say all-encompassing, I was like, I was almost getting a headache from my knee, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. it was my entire body was feeling this. Yeah. And then literally 20 minutes later, it was gone. Just because it wanted you to stop. Because it wanted me to stop. And then it realized, I mean, look, this is, I might be making this up here, but like, my my, my body realized that my mind wasn't going to stop. Yeah. So it was like... So it just kept going. This is happening. Yeah. So you've got to fall in line. Yeah. So it's about that sort of that, that, that just driving yourself further forward. This is, yeah. Robert, any um, new lessons or any reinforced lessons? For, well, for me, the, the furthest I'd ever run, single stage race before this was 100K, and that was in our training run. Yeah. Prior to that, it was a 72-kilometer Wadi B race. Right. So it was a huge jump up for me. I think what I discovered about myself is that if, if well, not just me, but for anybody, if you want to do something, you, you can do it. It's, right. there's, there's nothing really that's going to stop nothing you. If stop you're me. willing to do it, you can do it. That's yeah. very you just need thought. to have the will, have the drive, get up, put the work in, and yeah, you'll, you'll get it done. Sometimes yeah. the science will tell you that you can't do it. Exactly. Yeah. And people and will tell you you can't do people it Because well, sure. it's, it's always easy for people to tell you that, they, that you can't because, well, there could be a number of reasons why they tell you you can't do it because they might feel that they can't they do can't it. Do it yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So there's not many people that are going to go, yeah, mate, you'll definitely be able to run 140K exactly. when you've yeah. only done 100 before. <laughs> <laughs> Fellas, before we wrap up, it's a question that obviously everyone asks and, and, and let's, let's feed the people. Yeah. What's next? <laughs> For me, I need to reconnect to work a bit. Yeah. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Like it's, uh, I've been very fortunate to have a team that have picked up a lot of slack over the last few months. Yeah. <laughs> when you're putting in these sort of hours... You know, something's got to give. Yeah. Um, you know, all the hours on the weekend that I normally work, 
I've been going into ultras. So for me, it's just really refocusing for the next few months. Yeah. Um, and then picking it back up again uh, to an extent, uh, hopefully looking towards Chamonix. If I get in through that lottery, yeah. then I'd like to be running um, probably the CCC race in Chamonix in summer. Which is like 100K. 101K, yeah. Yep. Um, and I'm not too concerned if I do any of the races in between Urban Ultra stuff, and that would be for a bit of fun. Yeah. Um, but but I'm giving myself that much time so that I can really get some work done. So, Folks, if you do want to get involved in small ultra running, the races that Tom mentioned, the Urban Ultra races, yeah. are absolutely awesome. Really good. The Hajar race is coming up on the 15th of February or 16th of February. There's a 30K, a 50K and 100k yeah. Rob you've done the Mount Sana 60 which 60. is in March yep, that's and very w- good as well that, you love that one and where we held your training camp there is it's called a big stinker in yeah. January which there is yes. three options now there's one loop 15k two loops 30k three loops 45k yeah. or do what these guys did just stay there the whole night and do 100k um, <laughs> but they're definitely they're definitely good races if people are yeah. obviously yeah, inspired good. which they really should well be organized. by, by um, your story Robert I know you've got a different kind of ultra coming up. Um, An but 18 year <laughs> ultra, <laughs> at least. But any plans, mate? In, in any thoughts uh, at the moment? Or is it early? I'm, I'm not allowed to plan any races until. I might have the changed that comes. this morning in my talk. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, we planted some seeds. Well, <laughs> uh, no, I will have enough points to qualify for the CCC as well, so wow, I'll mate, probably put an application in for that. Let's do it. So, and, uh, to qualify for CCC, you need. Six eight, points? Eight points. Eight points. So we got six, six from this. Six. We picked up six yeah. from that race. We both, and just got, one other race. we both got another two from other races, right? Yeah. Wow. Um, awesome. So yeah. yeah, so to put into context, that race, the UTMB Oman, gives you the same number of points as the Marathon de Saab, which is five days, 250K. Yeah. So it gives you some so, sort of context. In, oh, uh, wow, it was. Yeah. Incredible race, fellas. And, and people, as I start off by saying, should hop over to the UTMB Instagram and spend a little bit of time on that by clicking onto some of the sort of pro guys that were in that race to see what their comments are. I think it gives it a lot more context. Yeah, for sure. So, excellent. We'll get Hurls on. Hopefully he echoes what you said and hopefully he can explain in more detail his midlife crisis. But, um, <laughs> he's dying for his own show. He's, he's dying, dying for his own well. show, mate. He's, so, it's like, he's, he's actually, he actually flew back. He just, as soon as he heard he's getting his own show, he's like, yeah, no, I'm not here. Fat couch potato <laughs> to ultramarathon weirdo in 18 months. There we, go. we could almost write a book on him. Do you know, do you know just before we yeah. finish, you know that started over a bottle of wine? Yeah. Um, 10 weeks out from MDS. Ten, yeah, yeah. I told him that's what I was doing. He's like, I, mean, I, can, I can do that. Yeah. I'm like, all right, we finished the wine. We had another bottle. Next morning, I messaged him. I was like, are you still up for this? Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm still up for it. We went to run along the beach, and he just got to 10K, 180 beats. We're saying that, actually. Yeah. I, signed up, I signed up for this race on my birthday after a bottle of champagne. Yeah. So I mean, it's a lot Brilliant. to be said about alcohol and booking yeah. races. <laughs> ultra, ultra runners and <laughs> ultra alcohol. Runners and alcohol <laughs> don't mix well. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Robert Jones, Mr. Tom and you guys were absolutely awesome. It's Thank been you. a pleasure having you on the show, and definitely folks should watch out for what you do next, whether it's being a father, whether it's going back to this very <laughs> tough agency life that you speak <laughs> about, Tom. But guys, seriously well done. That was an incredible race. Thanks, Thanks a lot, so much. Thank you very show. much for having us. Cheers. Thank you.